Well, hello and welcome back to the Raising Kids in the Bible podcast. My name is Eleanor and soon I will be joined by Lisa. And our goal in this podcast is to encourage and equip you as a Christian parent to raise your kids in the Bible, knowing and trusting God's good plan for their lives. We're currently reading through Ed Drew's book, Raising Confident Kids in a Confusing World. And if you haven't got a copy of it, you can grab one from the Good Book Company. Uh, there's a link in the description below. You can probably also get it from other Christian booksellers as well. It would really help you to understand what we're talking about uh, if you have read the chapter beforehand. We try to give a good representation of what Ed says, but we're not Ed. So we it's his words are so much, so much more uh, wise than ours. So please go ahead and read the chapter before you listen to the podcast version of the chapter. <laughs> uh, we're up to chapter six. Uh, and so in chapter six, Ed reminds us of the truth that we almost certainly don't need to be reminded of any day of our life. Uh, that is that our world is broken, that tears are an inescapable fact of life in our broken world. Uh, in both big and small ways, both adults and kids experience the hardship and pain of life in our fallen world. Whether it's missing the school trip because of a vomiting bug or a family constantly grappling with unemployment and poverty, the impact of sin on our world is felt by young and old alike. And so as parents, your instinct is to protect your child and to keep them from any pain and suffering. But if we remove every single obstacle and every single pain from life, well, kids are never going to grow to maturity. They aren't going to learn from their mistakes. They aren't even going to learn to ride a bike. <laughs> and so the role of a Christian parent is not to remove every obstacle, every source of potential pain from your child's life, but instead to show them the safe place they can go when they're not okay. That is, Jesus. Ed takes us through the story of Lazarus's death in John chapter 11 and goes through the pain and the heartbreak of death and disease in our world and how it was really real to Mary and Martha, Lazarus's sisters, and it was real to Jesus as well. Weeping in, in the face of pain and heartbreak is a right response it was Jesus' response. It's the right response for us and for our children. And so Ed reminds us that whatever it is that might reduce your child to a crying heap on the floor or to a slamming door teenager, Jesus has been there. He's felt their pain. He knows their anguish. He knows what's going on in their heart. And so Jesus is the ultimate one they can turn to, the one who knows their sorrow even when they don't know it themselves. And he is the one who has promised to one day wipe every tear from their eyes. He has felt the gut-wrenching pain of sin, but he's also done away with it on the cross. Jesus is the one our kids can turn to when they're not okay. And as Christian parents, he's the one we want to point our children to when they're not okay as well. I'm going to read a quick little paragraph from Ed's book um, on page 103. He says this, God offers an adventurous, faith-filled life, but he does not offer us an easy one. Jesus did not make exceptions, even for your child, when he said, in this world you will have trouble, in John chapter 16, verse 33. Don't see suffering for your child as a disaster or a deviation from how life should be. Be ready for it, expect it, and make sure that in it you point them to their saviour and pray that God would use it to show them their need of him and to make them more like him. 
Remind them that we have been promised a life without tears, an end of illness and death, and a place where all brokenness will be put back together. But that life is in the new creation. It is not yet. Lisa's going to join us now and talk about, well, what does it look like in this world of pain and sin to parent her kids and to point them to Jesus? So let's, let's hear from Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you going? Hi, Elle. I am well. That's good. Uh, chapter six. Yes. Where, where as a Christian did this hit home for you? Uh, lots of places. <laughs> <laughs> so this chapter, um, if you're not quite up to it yet, talks a lot about suffering mm. and I think we can't really have um, a book about raising kids um, without a chapter like this mm. <laughs> or a yeah a book about the gospel really mm. um, it hit home I think it hit home just the question one of the questions Ed asked in there was what stops you from coming to Jesus mm. Um and I think that hit home because, yeah, there's suffering, there's lots of other things, but in particular we're talking about suffering in this chapter. Mm. Um, yeah, I was trying to think about is is Jesus the first place I run mm. <laughs> to in um, when our kids are suffering, when there's suffering in others um, or there's suffering in our own lives, um, who am I calling on and... Um, the reminder from Hebrews that um, our great high priest is interceding for mm. us, um, that Jesus' death and resurrection is really opening the way for us to run to Jesus. Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that, like, was, yeah, we're studying Hebrews at church now at the moment. The image of the anchor is yeah. so helpful just to go... Um, when things are broken and our world doesn't match up to what I want it to be mm. or um, there's hurt, um, there's an anchor, yeah, for my soul to come back to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really hit home to go to question, is that what I'm actually doing? Mm. Um, and then just also the reminder of the story of Lazarus, I think, is very precious. Um, mm. It's a story that can really help me as a Christian to be reminded that tears are a part of our world. The world's broken. Lazarus mm. died. Like yeah. <laughs> he was separated from um, Mary and Martha and that um, that's really, really hard and yet Jesus had the power, the compassion first and then the power to mm. overcome that moment and um, bring restoration mm. and that's what he does on the biggest scale for us in the resurrection mm. yeah so I think that was just really really great to be reminded of mm. um, and that yeah we will following Christ means that we will suffer um, in different ways like um, and then also that if we are seeking for our kids to follow Christ, then it's not going to be the easiest road for them. <laughs> so mm. that we are, yeah, that we're presenting Jesus' way of living. So, yeah. 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 Mm. 
yeah, I think it's a it's such a good reminder that there will there will be pain and hardship in the Christian life. Mm. Like it's not it's not a there might be. Mm. It's a there will be. That's what like that's what Jesus says. Like that's what the God's word says to us. It mm. says, if you are following Jesus, you will you will suffer like him. Mm. Um, I Ed mentioned Romans eight seventeen. It says like we've been called children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs mm-hmm. of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so if we're aligning ourselves with Jesus, it's not just the glory. Like it's not yeah. just the good, like we're with him <laughs> yeah. in he suffered, well, we'll suffer. Yeah. And, yeah. But also he's glorified and, and we will be glorified. Mm-hmm. I think I often, it's really easy to hold that picture of um, our our future as Christians, our future in heaven and in a new creation, that perfect, sinless, mm. wonderful world where there's no suffering and go, oh, no, that's like, and that's a good thing to keep in our vision. But it, um, sometimes we, we want it too soon. Like we, we well, I mean, understandably, we want yeah. it soon. <laughs> we want it now, but we get annoyed or frustrated when it's not now. Yeah. But Jesus never promised that it would be now. Yeah. It, it's still to come. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, our, God doesn't promise that the storm won't come, mm. but like you were saying, He does promise that He gives us an anchor to hold us when it does. Yeah, um, and and that anchor is the safe place, mm. not not the world around us as it yeah. currently is. That Jesus, the anchor, is the safe place. Mm. Um, yeah, and so that question that that it asks us: so when when the suffering comes, not if mm. it's when the suffering comes, where where will you turn? Will mm. you turn to Christ? Will you turn? Yeah. to yourself or to your own abilities or mm. um yeah yep, so that was really I was like, mm, yes great mm. not great but great <laughs> at the same time <laughs> totally. um yeah as a parent where did this hit home for you with how you parent your kids uh i think the the big point if i remember the chapter correctly was the preparation Mm. the preparation that we need to do with our kids um, as parents um, for the time of suffering so um, I think uh, Ed wrote down a prayer in there and Mm. he said Lord when my child's suffering comes may they have that joy caused by the certainty of knowing their good shepherd walks with them through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm. Amen. So, yeah, um, that's the kind of prayer I want to pray, I think, Mm. (laughs) Um, because, yeah, they will face whatever degree of suffering we don't know. Mm. Um, it, It could be the falling over, tripping over, the friendship loss, the Mm. whatever it is. Um, we don't have to face being rejected by God because, yeah, he's there. So teaching them that now, so teaching them who the shepherd is and Mm. who, what, what does it mean that God is their father um, in this situation and what does it mean to matter to God as the king Um, and, yeah, showing them, I think going back to that question in what we were talking about before, showing them that Jesus is the first place that I run, Mm. Um, that, yeah, when things are confusing or hard or um, hurtful, Mm. when suffering comes, yeah, may that, may my, may 
yeah, sorry, I'm mixing up my words, but um, yeah, may I be the one to turn there first and then yeah. and they can model that. Mm. Um, yeah. And then hopefully also showing them what to do. Like does that mean that the suffering will go away? Well, I don't think so. Like mm. maybe it won't. Um, but, yeah, taking them there in a place of that we can pray mm. about what's going on, um, that um, God is way stronger than even mum or dad. Like mm. we're not the ones that are going to like be there. He He will always be there when we're not, like mm. um, that kind of thing. Um, and pointing them to a place that they can always trust and be confident in, which, yeah, so good for this book yeah. <laughs> raising confident kids this is the this is mm. the point of confidence in suffering mm. um yeah and then and that ties into what ed presented earlier on i think in that parenting for the days that we're not there mm. um parenting for the days that they're um independent from us and mm. that jesus will be the place that they turn mm. um yeah so Hopefully, um, as parents, we can do that. I'm not mm. sure. Yeah, I just think that's that really changed the framework of suffering. Mm. Um, the prayer often that is easy to pray is take it away. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, let yeah. them suffer. Yeah, as in we, we don't want our kids to be hurt. Like it's not something we wish upon them at all. Mm. Um, and then when when it happens. I think I'm so tempted to just, please, Lord, just take this away, mm. um, heal them, make them better, whatever it is, make this situation better so they don't have to go through it. Um, but I'm not sure that's always the prayer that, yeah, mm. I want to pray after reading this chapter. I want to pray that, yeah, they keep standing firm and they turn to Jesus. Um, yeah. And I was reminded when I was thinking through this, just that um, Jesus Strong and Kind song. Like yes. <laughs> those are the kind of words mm. I think that it's maybe trying to capture as he presents, like this is the place, the, mm. one, the faithful one that we can run to. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that you're talking about the, the modelling, like the, I mean, sure, like being the one to go there first and yeah. modelling. I was reminded of a conversation I had with an, another mum at church a couple of years ago where she she had a, had a regular Bible reading kind of habit. So she'd read her Bible in her bedroom before in the morning. Mm. And then for whatever reason, she decided to do that in the, at the kitchen table yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And her daughter came and was like, do you read the Bible every day, mum? <laughs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> but just her daughter had never seen her do it. Yeah, and so didn't yeah. realize that that was a thing that yeah. her mum did. And so yeah. just that little change of just going actually, my kids are watching yes. everything that she yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. 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 So just yeah. that modeling of. Totally. And you, because you don't want to be, we have this, we don't want to, you know, be um, arrogant and be no. like um, virtue signaling how, oh, look at me, I'm yes. reading the Bible. Yes. But actually modeling that to yeah. our children, like to, to, to kids is. Yeah. Had a little, she's like, oh, you didn't realize that I read the Bible every yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can um, be hidden on our phones yes. as well. So yeah, often yeah. I'm, just, I'm scrolling the Bible on my mm. phone, but they're like, you're just on your phone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, making it obvious sometimes is helpful. Mm. Yeah, and then the model, yeah. 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 Um, can you think of an example where you've seen this, this these things playing out? Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I think just 
um, we live in a beautiful place. Like suffering, when I talk mm. about suffering, I think, oh, our children haven't faced much yet. <laughs> like if, mm. if I'm viewing it through an adult's yeah. um, perspective um, and a, yeah, really, uh, we're just really blessed with the, mm. the ways that um, we are free to be in Australia, to mm. um, live out our Christian life, to, um, yeah, there's lots of things that are, are really great. Um, mm. And so, um, yeah, but there are things, I, I don't want to also um, belittle the things that children go through mm. that in their eyes are huge. Yeah. Um, and so I think they're the opportunities that I've seen um, where we can direct them back to Jesus. Yeah, and mm. doing those um, not... Um, sweeping them under the carpet or you'll be right you know those mm. kind of everything will be fine mm. um, answers which I know have come out of my mouth mm. um not all the time but sometimes yeah just yeah um that they're, they're the chances I have to um to weave in the story of the gospel and how God is there to help them in those situations mm. um yeah and I think um, sometimes I've been thinking about the the, the unknown suffering. So um, our neurodiverse boy who sometimes looks like, well, yeah, not just looks like, is in distress mm. just because of the way that God has made him mm. in that um, he's really struggling to understand an emotion that's happening in our home or in our yeah. family or um, noise is really affecting him or whatever it is. Um, and my brain doesn't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it takes me ages to work out why he's do it, reacting the way he is. And so I think that's a, a part of our life where I – my compassion has grown a lot, I think, and um, there's starting to be conversations with him about how um, great it is that God's made him this way, but how it might cause him to feel like he's different or that mm. his body and brain react differently and that might frustrate him or um, mean that he needs to work harder at self-control than maybe others do um mm. and maybe yeah because he sees the world in a different way so I think that that snippet of suffering for him um in, on one hand has grown my compassion on one on the other hand I'm like I don't think that's where I I, I don't think I've run to Jesus in all those situations I think mm. I feel a bit lost in how to help him um face another day when I know he wants to do a certain thing but his brain tells him to do something different yeah um and also questioning what's the purpose of all of this god like yeah. why are we having to um face similar situations every day or um why can't i just understand that little brain better so that mm. he doesn't have to suffer through the tears of frustration that no one understands me mm. and um, or meltdown again or ang anger outbursts or whatever mm. it is. Um, 
Yeah, and I think so going through those in the last few weeks, those meltdowns and things, I was like, oh, this is this is suffering for him and I hadn't thought about it in that mm. way before and changing my prayer to please help me, God, <laughs> which is still an okay prayer, but yeah. that, um, you know, real Lord, please help his brain to match his emotions so that he yeah. can understand himself better. Mm. Please um, lead him to a place of self-control mm. that, he doesn't seem to have at the moment. Um, mm. Those kind of prayers, I think, were really helpful after reading this chapter and weren't there before <laughs> reading yeah. it. Um, mm. Yeah, and then that God knows him well. Yeah, yeah. Um, God knows his siblings well and um, is growing them in ways that, yeah, we he, they wouldn't if they didn't have to go through mm. the um, ups and downs of living in that inflexible kind of situation Mm. um yeah and then yeah I think also just um reminding myself that no suffering in their life is trivial I think Mm. I said that before but um the pain when they miss out on something at school Mm. the pain when the buses for the soccer team are Mm. not able to be there and um they don't get to play soccer for the term like Okay, as adults are like, there'll be another soccer game, you know, it'll be fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a real but pain for them. For them. It's like, big, yeah. yeah. And that's one that we can take to God and we can pray about. Um mm. yeah, the pain when they hurt their knee on the concrete or um mm. or the bigger ones that we haven't necessarily encountered yet. Mm. Um there was a Psalm Psalm fifty six, verse eight and nine that I was reminded of. Um so it talks about how God, you yourself have recorded my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your records? Then my enemies will retreat on the day when I call. This I know God is for me. Um, so a little bit out of context, but that God is remembering their tears, no matter how small or big the situation mm. is, um, that God is for them and for me and wants us to grow in whatever circumstances he gives us um yeah and he's he can be trusted um when the circumstances are hard (laughs) he can be trusted because he's for Mm. us um yeah and then the last little bit um i think i was thinking of is um the suffering that can sometimes be caused by the unknown and the anticipation of something happening um, in our kids lives so as they grow um, and they're talking with their friends about which school they're going to go to as mm. high schoolers or um, which holidays they're going to have or mm. what their plans are. And I think when we, when us as parents are making, you know, even what toys they are playing with at home mm. um, and the comparison or whatever, um, us, we're making Um, decisions as parents to live as Christians so our and even just circumstantially our decisions might be different to other families (laughs) Um, and that may cause them to suffer Mm. in their friendships or so yeah just anticipating that and maybe I think it was a reminder to be open with our children about some of the whys about Mm. why we might be deciding to um this or why we don't actually have plans in that 
mm. area of life yet um mm. and that that's tricky <laughs> like you might feel different to your to your friends in that and mm. um but we have a god who loves us and he has a plan and we want to follow that so um yeah so mm. i think that was the circumstances i was thinking about in our little life yeah. in the last few weeks <laughs> yeah I hope that discussion was helpful for you as you think about how you can point your kids to Jesus in the midst of their pain and suffering. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Ed's book. Again, on page 103, he says this. As a parent, our instinct is to choose the path of least resistance and least pain for our children. The decision to let our children risk some measure of hurt so that they can learn is always difficult for a parent. But to encourage our children to pursue a Christian life is to know that in this world, a life with less comfort lies ahead. This is not cruel. We are certain that the sacrifice is worth it for the life to the full that Christ offers now, as well as the wonderful eternal life that Christ offers after his return. Christian parents are loving their children by wanting them to live for Christ but they are not giving their children comfort and ease by calling them to live for Christ. To commend this life to our children means we must be ready to train them for the inevitable suffering and to model in our own lives the reality that Christ-likeness and comfort don't often go together. Well, I hope this episode has been uh, helpful to you as you think about how you can help your kids to know and love Jesus even when they're hurting. Uh, We will see you back here next time. See ya. (music) 